Hello and welcome back to the Stay This podcast. My name is Jordan Canlish and this podcast is really for anyone who's looking to evolve their consciousness. And when I say evolve, we're talking learn the lessons that life is presenting to us. And on this podcast, I bring on guests to really support you and really being able to expand your awareness, to start to look inward and start to identify where is that next step in my journey? Where is that next big lesson for me to take on board? And today's guest is someone who is really living a deep, deep embodied life. And I'm really excited to bring him on here onto the podcast so you guys can feel into the resonance in which he's living from. And his name's Chris Bale. His content on his brand online is Awakened Intent. So I'll give you a bit of background about Chris because he's, he's an interesting guy. He's an internationally known spiritual mentor, master energy worker. He's basically works in the realm of deep transformation, or at least working on an energetic level. He's helped thousands of people all over the planet to really be able to understand the dynamic between this masculine and feminine energy and really understanding how we can reclaim our power. So on this podcast, we talk about some of the ways in which we give our power away and also some of the things in which we can start to do to really reconnect back with our bodies to understand what it means to live an embodied life and this is really where it's at guys like it's the main purpose of everything here is to get back into the body and feel more and i can't think of a better person to bring onto this podcast who really represents this and i know there's so many lessons to take from this episode so please stay attuned stay alert when listening because a lot of the lessons in here are felt, not just intellectualized. So I'll invite you to, you know, chew on this episode, chew on the information that's in here, but really start to apply it and live it and feel it. So as always, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm so incredibly grateful for people like yourself who are part of this journey with me. And please, if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes and that would really mean a lot and feel free to leave a feedback or review and yeah as always check me out on Instagram at state shifters if you want to continue this conversation reach out to me but without further ado please enjoy this amazing conversation with Chris Bale welcome to the state shifters podcast a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. So, Chris, mate, thanks so much for joining me on the State Shifters podcast. It's a, I was just saying offline that it's, it's a real honor to have you on here because I've been pretty much binge listening to your content over the last couple of months and really applying a lot of the things that you've been saying. So it's a real joy to have you on here as well, because I've got some questions I want to ask you and you're calling from Tulum in Mexico. And before we get started, uh, I just asked you, you know, how would you describe the type of work that you, you do with people? Like you, I know you do one-to-one work and you do energy work, but if someone was to say, Hey, Chris, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about what you do. How would you encapsulate that? So what I do, I feel on the deepest level is my intention, at least, is to consistently expose people to themselves. Because so much of what has shut us down, so much of what people come to me with for assistance, whether it's men or women, it's usually stemming from the fact that somewhere along the way they have been stolen from themselves. They have been infiltrated. They have been conditioned. They have lost contact with their aliveness in their being, their felt sense, their expression. And they've been trained to have it wiped out of them and to be something that they're not. And this created a lot of suffering, a lot of sickness. So my work with people is to take the complication that's been dumped on us. We've been hideously complicated and breaking everything down and showing it back and reflecting it back to unearth the simplicity 
in what it truly means to be you as a human. Um, how it's the simple things that we've forgotten that have actually had us ending up in the level of disconnection that we currently find ourselves. So I do this in different ways with men. It's uh, mainly mentoring work. It's guidance with the masculine. And with women, it's mainly energy work or I'm evoking her feminine and waking things up in her body and her being. So she can start to have a very different and natural experience of who she is and where she's at. But everything I do, my background is entirely energetic. So everything I'm doing with men and women, it's always coming from the underlying energetics that are running everything, you know, like, I'm not just talking about it, but my highest intention is to be a direct embodiment of that. Mm. In, in a- mm. Yeah, and your work right now, I feel is really required and necessary. Uh, and I get the sense that you know, at the time of this recording, you know, we're in the middle of you know, a pandemic and there's a lot of people probably now starting to discover or be pulled into learning a little bit more about how to work with energy and understand the complexity of the energy that's, that's shifting right now. So have you noticed an uptick in the amount of people starting to discover you and leaning into doing this type of work or experiencing it? Absolutely. In the past 12 months, I feel there's been a huge increase in people panicking and people trying everything that's been presented to them for a quick fix and realizing that the quick fix is not working. So there's, you know, it's quite often because the thing and the stuff and the work that I do is not attractive to everybody. You know, me and what I talk about and and what I share is not so relevant for many people out there, depending on where they're at in their lives, what they're working with, what they believe in, what they've relied on. So I've definitely had a big increase in the experience of people coming to me in the past 12 months who don't even understand me or what I do, but they're saying, I literally have no else to go. Mm. I've exhausted everything. I think this is happening and I'm suffering. And you're this, you know, weird dude in the corner who does this work that I don't fully understand, but I hear the results in the testimonials. So here I am. That's definitely increased. People just, you know, having no other option, which mm. is great because it, allows me to work with, with more people who really need it. But we're seeing no more than ever the structures and the systems that we've been taught to rely on. We're seeing the reality of what those are. We're seeing the fragility. We're seeing the manipulation. We're seeing the abuse that's coming from our provider mm. and the people who are supposed to be here to take care of us. So I'm all for it. Let it crumble. Mm we got our humanity back. Yeah. And I know that you work a lot more with women. Like you, you get a lot more women come and be more open to receiving this kind of, kind of work. And mm-hmm. I'm a coach as well. So I kind of have been working or facilitating coaching for the last 12 months. And I've noticed a lot more women as well. So primarily I'm working with women too. And I'm curious to know, why do you think that is? Why do you think men are a little bit still hesitant to open up to their feminine and working with this kind of energy? And why women are kind of the first ones to lead this movement or opening, so to speak? Ego. Mm. As men, we, you know, we suffer from having gigantic, fragile egos. And I feel that this gets in the way of men reaching out for help just based on the societies that we're a part of and how we've been raised. What we're told is manly and what we're told is, is weak or is too feminine or you know, however you want to word it. So for this reason, any work that involves feeling more, which is absolutely everything that my work is about for the most part, men have a lot more trepidation approaching that. He's a lot more uncertainty because he knows he's going to be exposed. He knows he's going to be seen. He knows he's going to be called on all his own bullshit. And that's not always a comfortable and pleasurable experience for a man. So that's why I feel men are slower. Men are much quicker to go into more system and structure-based 
techniques and learnings and he wants the red pill. He wants to just fix it. He wants the thing that will, you know, fix him overnight. The system that he can just plug in and it handles everything. And unfortunately, that's the last thing that men need right now because he's Agreed. been avoiding the And for women, women are just suffering. Women are struggling because women are not being seen. She's not being met. She's not being heard. She's being done. She's being dumped in. She's being mishandled. She has to deal with men who have absolutely no understanding of how she works or how she functions or what she needs from him. So, yeah, women, you know, they're not in the best situation right now. So when the work is available, you know, she wants to step into that. Not in every case, but in most cases, she wants to approach that. She wants to open more and more to love more and more to herself, more and more to her partner or whatever it is that she's feeling a lack in. Uh, so it's, it's the training. It's how we've been conditioned. Mm. And a lot of this process is about deconditioning, like you're saying, going back into our essence, our nature, which is to be in our body, to feel, to be sensitive. And I can speak for myself around how difficult that has been for me growing up here in Australia, you know, as, as a man, we, we are very conditioned out of that. We're conditioned into our mind and I worked as an accountant for a couple of years. So I was very much in my mind. <laughs> and this process for me was about going back into that, back into my body, back into my nature. And there was no, no pill for that. It was, it was really uncomfortable and it was the long way. <laughs> and not many people are ready to kind of develop the discipline to take that road, the road less traveled. And I want to check in with you and find out a little bit more about what your process has been and maybe the, the motivation or the purpose that was born that allowed you to kind of develop that discipline to go this deep in your practice. Cause we can feel it in your energy, man, in your podcast and the way you share content, you can feel how deep you've gone. I'm curious to know what's enabled you to develop that discipline and what your practices have been. Okay, sure. So there's two parts. The first part is I believe in we have responsibility and we have will and we have the, uh, the gift of choice. And then the other part of this is I feel that we have a path and we have a reason for being here in this body, in this physical form, in this life, in this moment. And the energy that's moving through us or the energy that's supporting us or with us in our life is always attempting to push and nudge us in that direction to be true to why we're here. So I can't take all the responsibility for going as deep as I went um, because I didn't want to go deep. I've never chosen this world. I still haven't chosen this world. Mm. I have a fucking choice. So my process was, I lived a very different type of life. I was a DJ for many years and, I was deeply sensitive as a child, and it's something that as I grew into my teenage years, I'm like, okay, this is a problem because anywhere I go, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Anywhere I go, I'm feeling everything that everybody else is feeling. I want to be cool like my friends. I want to be tough like my friends. So how do, I, how do I navigate that? My way was becoming an alcoholic, becoming a drug addict, partying all the time, just being incredibly debaucherous for a large part of my life. And I managed to keep that up for quite a number of years until it eventually caught up with me and put me on my ass. Mm. And I got very sick and my life stopped. There's nothing that I could really do. And from that point, I started to go into uh, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, going into the energetics of situations and, really being able to delve into stuff that was far more in alignment with what I was always feeling, what was feeling true for me in my life. And this is what started to, to wake stuff up in me. This is what started allowing me to realize, that, wait a second, my sensitivity is not, it's not a problem. My ability to feel everything in this practice in this aspect of life, which is, you know, speaking uh, about it was Chinese medicine at the time. It's like, okay, this is very beneficial because now I'm able to interpret and feel and diagnose things in people that my other classmates weren't able to make contact with. And then light bulbs again started to go off. 
Now, that was one aspect of my growth. The second aspect of my growth was just figuring out what the fuck it even meant to be a man. And having to come up against all my uncomfortability around my own sexuality, around how to express my desires as a young man, my wants, uh, trying to make sense of the fact that I had such a huge pull to the feminine, to women, and I had no way of communicating it because everyone had told me it was bad or it was wrong or to be a sexually uh, expressive man was dangerous or abusive and all these other things. So I kind of just had to break it down for myself through that process. And again, I got very, very sick as my trauma started to come up and as all this junk and conditioning and brainwashing started to leave my body. And that basically brought me up to, to doing the work that I'm doing now, but I can't take full responsibility for it because the energy was going in that direction anyway. It, it, it put me on my ass because I was mm. very stubborn and I refused to listen until it basically took me and just sat me down and slapped me around a little bit, lovingly, in order to get the message. So, yeah, a part of it was my willingness to mature from boyhood into manhood and say, no, this is on me. Nobody's going to come in to fix me. Nobody's going to come in to tell me how to be a man or, or do any of other de- these things that I'm trying to figure out. I literally need to carve this up myself. And from that point, I went into a lone stance where I saw workshops and groups and coachings, and I'm like, that's dangerous for me. Because mm-hmm. if I go into that, all I'm going to do is pick up all the other shit that's around from these other people, and I'm just going to be what I see them becoming, which is just a carbon copy of whoever's in the room speaking mm-hmm. and that didn't feel right to me so uh, I'm deeply grateful for that because I really believe through my own experience and through my experience working with so many men that for us we need to feel absolutely alone and to be okay in that and to be able to fully rely on ourselves and our ability to be upright in our life and capable and disciplined as a man, we need to be able to feel that aloneness before we can feel connected to anything. But for me, the aloneness was the way in, feeling oneness in a deeper sense. And all of a sudden, my own wisdom started to come to the surface and it, it didn't sound like anybody else's. It was mine. And I was able to be committed to that and speak that in a way that you don't really get to see people speaking because everyone just sounds like everybody else. And that never sat, that never sat right for me. Um, so yeah, that, that's been my process. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I really resonate with that as well because there's a, there's a lot of noise out there right now. And when you hear a voice that's unique, that is not like anyone else's, we start to gravitate towards it. Because like you said, there's a lot of people trying to be something they're not by emulating people who are showing up or disguising themselves as, as leaders or people who are connected and know what they're saying, but their energy doesn't resemble that. So this is where I'm curious to know when it comes to, for men and women, when it comes to spending that time alone, because even so I used to live in Toronto and there was a, there was a lot of noise out and in big cities where it was very difficult to separate from the distraction and the noise and be alone in solitude. But since coming back here to, to Western Australia, I've noticed that there is more opportunities to, to find that solitude, but there's still constant distractions through social media technologies. There's always things trying to pull us away out of that, you know, that self-connection. So what have you noticed to be the main block when it comes yeah. to for men and women to rediscovering that rediscovering that sensitivity or rediscovering that self-connection and how have you supported people and working through that i'll start with the second part of the question first so my way of supporting people in that is through the energetic work where i literally activate and open parts of their body that they either never had contact with before or that have just remained very shut down so once you open this up, now you open up the body's alignment. So you open up a hell of a lot more feeling. And when someone is feeling, now they can't run away from themselves anymore. So the reason, and to the first question, which is 
just to clarify, was it why are there blockages or what's causing the blockage? Yeah. What do you what do you see to be the main block for for men when it comes to reconnecting back with this feminine sensitive felt sense? And does that differ from females, or is it the, have you noticed that be the same the same block? Well, I mean, there's different specifics involved with, with all genders, but the the main overarching principle and the issue that's following us around right now is everyone is so fucking disconnected because they're so distracted. Mm become basically walking, talking heads with very little embodiment. This is what's causing people's feeling of having a lack of meaning. Like, for, you know, in the rages, everyone's like, I've got to find my purpose. Find yourself. Mm. It's not about finding what you got to do on the planet. You need your own aliveness in your body. You need to have a felt sense of your own vibratory, right? So you feel yourself being alive in this moment. So you have something to move with and you have a place to move from. So the main the main roadblock is numbness. And it's numbness that's coming from us being trained to perpetually leave ourselves on a moment-to-moment basis where we're never actually being in ourselves. We're always jumping out and projecting forward whether it's into the future or back into the past or we're in front of a fucking screen all the time. So as soon as someone comes up here, all the energy just gets stuck here and it just becomes that walking, talking head that I communicated about. So people shut down. They start to brace. People on screens, you hold your breath. And every time someone is on a screen, their breath is being held. And people spend hours every day just walking around, whether it's work or whether it's entertainment, Mm. holding their breath. Breath is one of the most essential things that we need in order to be alive. And people are taking, not all people, but from what I see, the majority of us are taking in the bare minimum amount of energy through breath that we need just to be functioning. Mm. But it's not even close to being alive. Um, so distractions are that fear of feeling. People are just afraid of feeling anything because we've been told that feeling is weak. We've been told that feeling is not powerful. And to be strong, you need to appear to be emotionless or to be happy. Mm. Okay. The weakest place you can be at. Emotion is the most powerful because the feminine is the most powerful. I don't mean man or woman, I mean that energy. Yeah, and as soon as we cut off from feeling the body, we know disconnect from our ground, we forget the earth that we're standing on. Mm. And there's nothing even hippy-dippy about it. This is deeply practical. And that's one of my qualms with spirituality and new age spirituality right now is because it's so fucking fluffy, it's not practical. So then people assume that what they're reading and seeing in the bestsellers is spirituality. And then they want to distance themselves from it because it doesn't work for them. But that's not what this is. We're deeply practical. Spirituality is simple. Being here as a fucking human is simple. We just need the correct guidance in that. We need embodied leadership. And the problem is is that most of the people teaching it and most of the people talking about it, they're not in their body. Mm. They're research artists. They know a lot of information. Why? Because in society, intelligence is based on how much information you have in here, and it's got nothing to do with what you've figured out to embody, what you've managed to actually carry with you in a felt sense. From my experience, until you embody something, you don't know. Mm. And when you know it, you need to speak a little about it, because now just your presence carries the energetic information that penetrates people and assists them in opening. That's the power. Not what we think we know. Mm. It's what we're being. In order to, to reclaim ourselves, it's coming back into that place of being where we can start to prioritize what's important. It's currently success, whatever term that means, or work, financial gain, to be the most famous person on social media, whatever, celebrity, that's seen as, as being successful. And that's what's making us sick because that's not 
important in the foundation itself. Because when the health is gone, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, it's hmm. game over. Yeah, and I, I can feel the pull like sometimes because like I'm on social media and you know, not so not so long ago, probably when I discovered your work, I, I heard you talking about separating from social media and like not even using it. I remember you saying, I don't even think you have a phone. I don't know if you still have a phone, but I realized that through separating from social media, I was able to reclaim a lot of my, my power back. And it wasn't too long after a documentary came out on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've heard of it or you've heard people mention it, but it's basically talking about how dangerous these social media apps have become around how they're just pulling people in and creating these kind of digital personalities for people. And then when that, when I saw that documentary, it kind of confirmed what I had heard from you around, this is toxic if we're not careful. Like this is, we're actually giving our power away. And even after that, I've been really trying to be mindful of how much I use social media, but I still feel the pull to want to go in there, to check the likes, to put the posts out, to become this image online of, you know, oh, look, here's Jordan, the coach, he's placing content. He's no, he knows what he's doing. I can feel that egotistical pull. And it's this struggle that I feel like most people deal with around prioritizing being like our primary purpose to feel, to just be, and how that's sort of so opposite against what we're conditioned, like the masculine capitalistic, we've got to work, we're going to make money. I got to, yeah, you know, I got to post things on social media. And the more I prioritize being and just doing less, doing way less, I notice things just start to happen more effortlessly. And I'm really trying to get in the practice of doing that. And I see and admire in you how you've been able to fully embody that, a fully embodiment of I'm just going to be and prioritize that over anything else. So with that understanding, with that being said, what have been some ways in which you've noticed social media killing people's energy or taking their energy away? And do you have any advice for people who maybe want to start to reclaim back their power through either putting the phone down or if they've got an excuse around, hey, I need to use my phone for work. What are some suggestions of things they can start to do to maybe start to separate themselves from the device a little bit more? Well, firstly, if, if someone is using a device just for entertainment to pass the time or someone is not using something consciously or purposefully, then it is turning them into an idiot. Mm. It's making them very foolish. Because really these things are designed to, the fuel for social media, the fuel for these, these platforms are to gobble up the time and the attention and the consciousness and the energy, the investment from us as individuals. That's literally how they exist. If we had no comparison issues and we had no desire to be successful and to be socially known and to be validated externally and to be accepted and to be loved, if we have none of those things, then social media wouldn't have even got off the ground. But because we're a very community-based culture, this hardwires almost, and it, it comes in almost like a, it's like a blind spot that we are susceptible to. And I don't care how intelligent a person is or how embodied a person is, if they spend a specific amount of time on those things, it will biologically hack that part of them. And now you're... The main way that it affects us, anything that takes your peace away, takes your power away. Mm -hmm. The most valuable aspect in my life is my peace. If anything attempts to get in the way of that, it's now attempting to choke the life out of me. It's now attempting to get in the way of who I am. It's now attempting to shut my life force down. So for me, it's always a choice between peace or this, peace or that. Does it support my peacefulness or does it take it from me? How do I feel after I'm engaging? How do I feel after I send my life force in this direction? I don't really think anybody feels better and more relaxed and more content and more connected after using these things. I feel they feel wired and spiked and there's adrenaline and there's cortisol and there's a, you know, maybe there's a, a connection-based loop that starts to be built, but it's false. It's like a drug addict. It's, it's taking little hits. So mm. fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with it. 
unless you use it too much, unless you use it unconsciously, unless you maybe use it at all. I don't know, it depends how specific you want to get with it. Uh, but it's tricky. It's a very tricky thing to navigate in a healthy way, mm. which is why I don't, because I'm like, well, it gets in the way of my peace. It's not, it, it just doesn't fit in with me or my life or what I'm about. So I'm going to have it become a purposeful service that I can actually give exchange and pay people to, to take over that part for me. And that feels like a fair exchange. And I also understand that everyone can do that. But mm. what I will say is if you don't use social media for something deeply purposeful and deeply valuable in a way that enriches and nourishes your life, and I mean that for all types of technology, delete it. If you don't use something for your work, for your income, delete it. Mm. If I wasn't Chris Bale for Awakened Intent and I didn't have to do this work, I wouldn't have any of these things. I wouldn't be available anywhere online. And Again, that's not an I'm better than anyone stance. That's just, I know what I'm susceptible to. I know that I have an addictive tendency, an addictive pattern in me. And it's something that I have to be very disciplined in. Or it will steal from me. Mm. That's the main thing. If anything that changes people's emotional states is hurting them. Anything that riles someone up is hurting them. Anything that makes you feel bad or even makes you feel happy that's external is affecting you because it's building this give-take relationship. And now you become addicted to that, to that bond. Yeah, I can feel that. We can feel the addiction that's around right now to the stimulus. And if we're going to wake up and get out of this predicament that we're in, I feel like a more people are going to have to break that, break that addiction. That's sort of what's feeding the, feeding the uncertainty and feeding the fear right now is just what, what we're receiving through our devices. Mate, I want to, I want to switch gears yeah. a little bit. Cause I got a, I got a couple of questions for you in regards to for men and from a woman's perspective, because just through some of the work that I've been doing with people, I've noticed different things come up and I want to get your perspective on some things here when it comes to men. And I'm saying this is relating to men, but this can relate to women as well. The suppression of anger is something that I've seen come up a lot. It's something I've worked through a lot in myself as well. Growing up here in Australia, I've noticed a lot of suppression of anger out here. And, you know, yeah, that comes from the past. You can trace that back to a generational trauma thing. But a lot of it comes down to, you know, a lot of shame growing up. A lot of kids around here experience a lot of shame growing up and that then results in this, these layers of suppressed energy and this heaviness that anger kind of embodies when we carry it around and it's not released in a healthy way. I'm curious to know how you work with men when it comes to releasing anger or if you have any suggestions for men if they feel like they have some suppressed anger and the best way to kind of get that out in a, in a healthy way. So I've worked with many men who thought they were angry. But as soon as I started to open that with them, they're, they're pushing rage. They're trying to push anger because anger is, is more comfortable for people to be with. But, you know, you bring them to a point where that rage stops and they fall back and now they're waiting. They're just sobbing. It wasn't anger. They were angry because of how fearful they were around feeling their weakness, their vulnerability, their fucking fatigue for having to sacrifice themselves so much, for having to just choke down their power and to behave and get in line and be fucking domesticated mm. by a society who is no longer standing how to support a man, being a man, and a society who is afraid of men. Why is it afraid of men? Because the society isn't equipped to deal with it because this society is based on control tactics and a man can't be controlled. Mm. So, of course, there's not going to be a support for that. And when you take a creature and you put him in a cage, a creature with testosterone and with energy and with drive and with ambition and with everything else that naturally moves on in us as men, the whole wanting to penetrate and plant and conquer and achieve and impact and protect, when all of this is caged, he starts to repress. He starts to go into a depression. He starts to take it out on himself and on other people. Mm. So how to deal with the anger is how to deal with that. Beat a lot of himself. 
he has to learn to be able to take his hand and put his hand on himself, on his body, and to breathe into himself, and to be patient and compassionate enough to actually sit still with himself for a period of time. So he can really go into the deepest, rawest, most fragile, trembly feelings that he has in himself. And most men are totally jammed up in their chest because mm. he's had to swallow down his truth in almost every moment. He's not allowed to be authentic anywhere for fear of judgment and attack. And he's been beat up by the feminine so much and judged by the feminine so much. And, you know, women don't mean harm. Men don't mean harm. We're all just struggling a little bit. But we actively see the abuse that men are doing to women. And it's wonderful that that's coming out and we're seeing mm. the externalization of that. It's important. It's necessary. But the other side of the coin is that our pain as men is way more silent because men abuse women physically. We, we, we move through this externally. We lash out externally. Women lash out internally. Women take out their stuff on men emotionally with her words, very discreetly in some cases, very long-term, just over decades, you know, over a lifespan, yeah. where men get so beat up and so disempowered and just so clueless in himself that, that he's in pain and he doesn't know what to do with it. And he has a right to be angry about that because he's a, you know, he's a lion, he's a warrior, he's a fighter. And we have a heart and we have you know, the necessity for sensitivity and tenderness and compassion, but we also are dangerous. And that's beautiful. We're supposed to be dangerous. The community needs us dangerous so we can actually protect the community. But when you take a man's sword from him as a young child and you start to wipe it out of him and dysfunctionally feminize him, now that sword doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's still in his pocket, but he's never been taught how to use it mm. respectfully. So he just goes along stabbing people with it from a resentful and bitter place because he's never been taught of it, stand up proud, hold it, and have it be something with a higher order, with a higher intention. He can protect women and children. He can protect the conscious. Or he can protect and care for everything that goes on. So when, when you remove that purpose and that role from men, it's almost like, what else are we doing here? Like, we've got nothing else to do. Independent women, go you. But, like, where's my role here? Mm. That's a lot of what men are feeling. It's not always conscious. It's not always uh, pretty. But that's the truth of it. Men are feeling more and more useless every day. And women are feeling pseudo-empowered more and more every day. Because now she's getting what she's asked for, which is, I want to be able to do what men do. I want to be, you know, I want to be uh, created or I want to be an equal, treated as an equal in every capacity. I can do what men can do. No, the fuck you can't. You cannot do what a man can do because it was never intended for you to do what a man can do. Just like it was never intended for a man to do what a woman can do. So we lost the benefit that the feminine and that a woman brings to community. And we lost the benefit that the man brings to community. And we've lost the benefit that both of these poles bring to one another through our desire for everyone to be the same. Nobody wins. Mm. Nobody succeeds. Everyone suffers. The only one who succeeds are the people controlling it. The consumer, the consumer corporations, they succeed. Everyone who has to sell us stuff because we're not good enough succeeds. All the makeup companies succeed. So, you know, it's, it's a really deep level of conditioning that's run through us. And because everyone's trying to be so PC, so politically correct, people aren't speaking what needs to be spoken. And we need more men to have clarity, to stand up in his firmness, combined with love and say, no, we need to cut the shit because you are eating our women and our children alive. Right? You are killing them. And how as, as men can we just call ourselves men and stand back and allow the consciousness of our women raped on a daily basis? Mm. That's fucked up.
that's not okay. So my work with men really is, is that take your sovereignty back. Look at all the ways that you've been weakened, that you've been compromised, you've been brainwashed. It's okay to have a penis. It's beautiful to have a penis. It's essential to have a penis. It's needed. We are needed. But we're needed healthy. We're needed clear. We're, we're not needed distracted. And that's what we're getting right now, distracted men. We're starting to be turned into women. And the women are being turned into men. Yeah, I feel that, man. And you kind of answered, you know, the second part to my question here from the from the woman's perspective around what's going on when it, when women find themselves in this independent, strong woman not not being able to really find the embodied man. And I'm noticing that a fair bit, like really empowered women. Yeah. What have you noticed around that? Are you noticing that as well? Like women, you know, really taking on this like masculine element in them, but now kind of being alone, not finding the right men. What is that an indicator of internally? There's no space for a man in her life mm. when she wants to do it all. He literally has no purpose for being there. And that's not an empowered woman. That's just not an empowered woman. What's shown socially as an empowered woman, I would say is a weak, compromised, brainwashed, same for the men, but it's just in the female form. Right. She's been told that, you know, she's weak where she's actually most powerful. She's most powerful in her receptivity and her embodiment, in her intuition, in her unconditionality, in her heart. A woman's heart and a woman's love is the single most powerful transformative energy, frequency, feeling that I have ever come across in my entire life. And that is an empowered woman. That is a woman who can be magnetic and get shit done and transform stuff. The woman who's out there attempting to be like a man and compete with men, she's crippling herself. She's getting sick very, very fast. And I see it. I'm not just saying this. This is a result of me working with thousands of women over the past few years and seeing the detriment and seeing the lack of love that this posture and taking this posture of being pseudo-masculine, pseudo-male in her life, what that does to her. Because mm -hmm. now she no longer gets to experience softness and receptivity and the depths of surrender, which are so nourishing for her water element in her body. She finds it very difficult, as you said, to be in a loving, intimate relationship because there's nothing about her that is attractive to a man. And this woman could be a supermodel physically, you know, head to toe. She could be perfect, whatever that means. It's not a thing, but that's just you. And she may attract some idiots because men who just look with their eyes go, I want, I want to have sex with that. And he'll go and he'll dump her and he'll mishandle her and mistreat her and she won't feel connected to her. And then she'll hate men more. She'll have a disdain even deeper for the masculine. And then she'll say, for me to be able to protect myself, what do I do? Close even more and become more masculine and more strong. And then complain that there's no good men. So as long as she's in that posture, the good men or the embodied men, or the conscious men, he's not even seeing her because that's not what he's looking for. I wouldn't see those women unless for the work that I'm doing. Yeah, because they're coming for that specific reason. But in my personal life, that's not, you know, I'm looking to be engaging. And that's not good or bad. That's just polarity. Mm. That's just what my my spirit, my body is naturally drawn to. And vice versa for a woman. Women can be attracted to anything, just like men can be visually attracted to anything. A woman can only open to a male frequency. Now, she may have openings with herself and she may have openings with women, but it takes the male principle, which is the electrical principle. It's almost like a lightning bolt that will allow a woman to go so much deeper in her femininity that will evoke and aliven her femininity in ways that she's never experienced. And she needs a man for that. Just like for me as a man to experience love in ways that I have never felt it move in my body, it only comes from holding a woman as she's going through that opening process. Or she is orgasmic from head to toe, and she is just surrendered to God, and she is just in 
you know, a, a cosmic coming. Um, that is the place where then I, I get to touch on something that I would have no access to in me without the other. And I will say these things quite often, and I'll hear, you know, women reflect back to me that, oh, that's, you know, I don't believe that, you know, I can go in and be deep with myself. And of course you can. But then they come for a session, have an experience with a man that really gets it. And they're like, okay, what the fuck was that? Because that's new. Because now my body is responding in a way that's never been responding. And this is why we need one another to be so healthy, to be so in alignment with our essence. It's polarity. It's what brings us closer to ourselves. And it's also what brings us closer to God, to source, or to universal oneness, or whatever you want to call it. It's through that. And I don't want to go too off the deep end here, but I'm loving this, mate. Yeah, just so much truth coming through you all the time. What I really wanted to emphasize from what you just said was the closing down that happens to a lot of women when they go out and they attract a a man who isn't embodied. And I see this a lot, mate. People, women getting cheated on or people cheating on their partners. And it creates a like a trauma response in the body that just they they shut down more. And then I hear, I don't I don't need a relationship. I don't need a man. I don't want a relationship and that closing down, you know, they, they don't go in and, and reprocess and feel and open and soften so that when they do go out and find another relationship, they just attract the same man who disrespects them and then cheats on them because they haven't respected and loved themselves. So I wanted to emphasize that because that's really common. I really, I see it a lot and it hurts me to see it. And I feel that was what you were indicating to women is stay open you know, go in, feel, and, and don't lose connection with that. Is that sort of your advice or suggestion to women if they feel yeah, like they Because can... when a woman says to me, I'm afraid of getting my heart broken, all that means to me is that she's never really met her own heart. Mm. Because a woman who truly meets her heart realizes that, wait a second, this can't be broken. Yeah. This heart of mine is the biggest powerful thing that I have access to. Now, people need to be wary around me. Because my heart is going to open them and transform them. So that's something that I really want to bring women's attention to. That's the script that's running in the background for her. Oh, I need to protect my heart. You don't need to protect your heart. You're just afraid to go to the place that you're going to have to come to terms with feeling all the trauma, all the pain, all the mishandling that's been done onto you in order to be actually able to open to yourself. This isn't even about opening to a man. This is about being able for her to open to herself and to rely on herself and to trust herself and to be able to hold herself first and foremost. Sovereignty, always, for everyone. But the other will always be an absolute gift uh, of other experiences. But we need to we need to begin with it. So yeah, for all for all the women who don't want to get their heart broken. That's an important message to, yeah. to emphasize. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks for thanks for touching on that. And mate, I'm just gonna be mindful of time here because I'm gonna let you get back into your evening shortly. Um, but one last question for you, mate. I know you you travel around quite a bit because I know how difficult it was to schedule a time for this podcast. You're moving about. How important is environment for maintaining purity of energy for staying embodied? Because our environment is, is really impacting us subtly or, you know, more, more impactfully depending on where we live and who we're around. What have you noticed and how does environment play into your energy management? I can be in cities. Mm. Let me re-clarify this. That wasn't true. I can be in cities. I just don't like to. And I have a very limited availability internally of how long I can be in those environments whether it's a week to two weeks to three weeks, and then, I, then I'm out, my body, my energy is like frazzling, going, you need to yeah. leave before it starts to impact you. We come up out of nature, you know, or birth out of nature. We need to be in contact with the elements. We need to be in contact with trees and the earth, and the ocean or the mountains or the cave, or wherever you come from, wherever your ancestry is, yeah. is rooted in. And now, of course, we're, you know, building cities and everyone's living in boxes in the sky and everyone's jammed in together and no one has any fucking space. 
So more than ever right now for sovereignty and for peace of mind and for health, we need to be very proactive in choosing where we're spending most of our time, most of our life, because it will have an impact. Just like you sitting on a beach in the tropics is going to be a hell of a lot more supportive and relaxing automatically than you attempting to have that same experience internally in the middle of Times Square, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night. Yeah. So we, we have to be responsible, understand that environment is everything. So your home, your bedroom, the lighting, I mean, everything for me at least is, is quite important. I like to have my space, whatever space I'm in for whatever length of time I happen to be in it, there's specific things that I want to be in place. To. And of course, many times based on my travel schedule, I don't get that. So I have mm. to, you know, hold my energy in those instances. But now that I'm building more of a base where I'm at at the moment, I get the gift of really being able to embellish that. But it's very important. People need to, to understand that their environment is responsible for a lot of how they feel and their nervous system responses. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I really felt that, you know, spending a couple of years living in a city like Toronto, I could feel it collectively as well. Nervous system really like everyone's nervous system, really on edge, tight, very like everyone's very fast and reactive. It just, yeah, it didn't align with me either. So since being back on the coast out here by the ocean, you can feel the grounding that, that nature brings and just the calmness of the energy. So yeah, I resonate. I feel that, mate. Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap things up, mate. Where can people learn more about what you're, what you're up to online, mate? I know you have someone who manages your pages, but you're putting out content quite regularly. Where can people learn a little bit more about what you're up to? My website is awakenedintent.com. Uh, that's got a blog and just information on the work and the services that I, that I have available. Uh, the main content goes up through my Facebook channel and my Instagram channel. The Instagram, I think, is Chris Bale Awakened. That's my, my Instagram name and Facebook. Just search for Chris Bale. It'll probably come up. Uh, but that's usually where all the content is going out. Yeah, and the podcast. You got a podcast as well, which is awesome. I've been listening to that too. So thank you for sharing so much wisdom on here, man. I know this is going to be received by the right people at the right time. So I really appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Hey, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, look, if you made it this far, cool. Here's my voice again in your ear. And I'm going to make one more request for you is go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment on the podcast page because I'm really putting a lot of focus and attention on getting this podcast out to more people because I know what I'm putting in here can serve and bring value to people. And it would mean a lot if you got value from this to to leave some feedback and, and subscribe so you stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, and as always, follow me on Instagram. And I love hearing from you. It's at State Shifters. And until the next episode, guys, thank you so much and I appreciate you.